You're listening to the Bathtub Refinishing Podcast. Powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. We discuss the refinishing industry, interview owners and operators, and give tips to business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Daniel Montalvo. We are back, everybody. We were talking about um, a customer that you had that uh, gave you a call back because of some scratches on the tub. So go ahead and and finish the story there, and then I'll touch in with uh, what happened to me recently, too. Um, and I'm not sure how to resolve this. So I, I, I was talking to my wife last night. We're staying over in uh, Daytona Beach. Okay. And uh, so if I see that, you know, a, a, a lady has dogs, you know, like, like a boomer aged person with dogs, they love it. They sleep with them and yeah. give them baths. And, you know, it, 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 I find it kind of weird, but I'm not a dog person. So we sprayed this tub. This was just Tuesday this week. Okay. She emails me and she said, I haven't used the tub, but there's these scratches in it. And I, I said, well, send me a picture. And I'm in my hotel room last night with my laptop, right? Um, and it, the tub's wet. And she said she never used it, right? But the tub's wet. And I said, do you have a dog? As the first question I asked her. And she said, yes, but he hates baths. And then I replied back, I said, why is the tub wet if you never used it? And she said, well, I was just cleaning it up because of the chemicals. And I, I, I know her dog did this. You know, <laughs> she washed the dog in it. She's like, I haven't used it yet, but my dog did. <laughs> so, so if I'm spraying it, even though I, I put this in the care instructions. Uh, the care instructions. <laughs> the, the, the care instructions, which... Unfortunately, my mom's name is Karen. Oh, and, and fuck. Sorry, Sorry Karen. mom. <laughs> she, she lives up to that name. Oh, there's, shit. There's a oh, reason okay. for it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just calling a spade a spade, man. Yeah, the shoe fits. <laughs> <laughs> Not trying to throw hate. Um, yeah, so I, I know she's lying to me, but do a, the subcontractor, does she go back out and do that for free? Because I'm like, it's obvious damage. I know she's lying to me. It's in the care instructions. If I was physically doing the job myself and I see little kids or I see dogs, I'm like, don't wash your dogs in there. In there. I, don't I, use suction cup mats. Don't let your kids yeah. play in there with, like, matchbox cars because it will chip. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think she – she's not trained yet to articulate that to the customer. I think – so you have to have a real conversation with your sub first and let them know, like, look, when you sub with me – it's in my contract for my subcontractors, by the way. You have to uphold our warranty for one. So if it's something that I would go fix, you have to fix it. That's why you're getting paid percentage. That's a it. Fat, per- fat percentage. Exactly. A 50% cut is not a 50% yeah, because, cut. L- listen. Cost to acquire the customer. The liability yeah. cannot be all yours. That's why you're paying a subcontractor. Maybe that will teach her to have these conversations exactly thank you you you're, you're thinking the right way it's exactly if, if you're just running around like a donkey and you're not having a conversation with realistic exactly. ex- expectation you can't put if she knows she's gonna have to go back if the customer fucks something up and it wasn't communicated to the customer it's still as, as much remember we got to think we're not just tub refinishers we need to think customer service if it wasn't communicated even even it might be on a piece of paper but if it wasn't verbally communicated it is still your guys's fault to an extent customers 
Customers, are, we cannot expect. You have Facebook, right? Only Instagram and TikTok. Okay, you have Instagram. When you sign up for an account, do you sit there and read all the fucking fine print terms of service and shit? No. Yeah. You know, you know who else knows that that doesn't happen? The law. That's why all the time they have all these guys from social media like talking in front of Congress because nobody, they, everybody knows that like nobody reads that shit. It's there to cover your ass in case someone tries to sue you or something like that. And it's someone like someone who's really giving you a hard time. But if something like that happens where it wasn't communicated verbally, it's not going to kill you or destroy you. They're not threatening to sue you or murder your family. Like then you go and fix it. But next time you tell the sub, like, look, you have to uphold our warranty. And if you don't communicate these things, then, you know, it's going to be a problem. Also, like you're in the customer service game. And like I said, it cannot be, it cannot fall all back on, on you. You're, 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 already putting up with a majority of the risk because you're the business owner. They're getting paid 50%. No one gets paid 50%. Are you supplying material? Uh, I'm not supplying material uh, with the exception of uh, multi-spec. And I had okay. to do that because okay. it, it, with so, the cold weather, if look, it freezes, it's at the, done. At so. the end of the day, you got to tell them, when I sub you the work, they are now your customer. Or... Better yet, I'm the customer because that's really what it is. I'm paying you. You're providing a service. If you don't, if she doesn't want it, if she doesn't want it, rework the deal. That, that, that you know, these things have to work out a certain way. Either it's going to be like you go and fix it if the customer bitches about it, or I pay you thirty five percent and I'll pay you one hundred fifty bucks when you have to go fix it. Something like that. Regardless, you, you can't take all the risk, man. You can leverage the situation too because sometimes I find it that it weighs more on your conscience to debate whether or not you're going to handle it. Than it does to just make the decision to go retop coat that tub. Yeah, and and it's so, just a preval. Yeah, there you go. So like, so then how? It's, how it's we, not a big deal. But I'm on the north side; she's on the south side, so it's thirty minutes for I, her. I just want you to communicate it, just so they have it in their head, you know. And then as far as the customer thing goes, man, I had the same exact thing happen, like a week, two weeks ago. I was on vacation, mm-hmm. and the customer emailed us saying like, "Hey, this tub is scratched or whatever. I'm not sure how it came off, uh, came on." And I was like, "Well." Did the tub scratch itself? And she's like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, well, you know, if you don't know, how am I supposed to know? Am I to assume that, like, that we are now liable because scratches appeared on the bathtub? Like, I literally, like, I'm, she's like, well, I didn't mean it like that. It's just that, you know, you guys did the tub and now it's scratched. And I just want to come to a solution. I'm like, does this solution involve me doing work for free? And then she was like, well, you know, I don't really know what happened, whatever. I'm like, look, I'm going to fix it because I provide amazing customer service. But next time this, something like this happens, you're on your own. You're going to pay a warranty call, like a, a service call fee. And I told her, look, you can go and park your brand new Lamborghini, $200,000 car at a Walmart parking lot, and it might get scratched. Are you going to call Lamborghini and tell them that they need to give you a new one or fix it for free because someone scratched it? They're going to tell you to pound sand. Exactly. So, and, and it's the same whether it's a Lamborghini, whether it's a fucking Camry, whether any fucking car in the world. That's not how these things work. Wear and tear is not the fault of the installer. That's not, that's not how that happens. So I told her, like, so, so that you know I'm going to fix it for free, but your warranty is not an insurance policy. Okay, we warranty the workmanship that it's not going to peel off, whatever, whatever. But physical abrasion is not something that's covered under any warranty ever. And then we went back and fixed it, and she was happy with it. She, I told her to write me a review because I did it for free. But 
you, you just got to let them know. And next time it happens, it won't be a surprise. Also, get it all in writing. Customer communication to warranty claims. You pick up the phone, you talk on the phone, but you also follow up in writing. It doesn't matter if you already resolved it on the phone. Like, hey, I'm going to shoot you an email with that information. So I just have it on record. And you tell them, hey, we talked about this. We said we're going to fix it as a one-time courtesy because of this, this, and this. Let me know if that's good for you. They say, okay, there you go. That's, the, uh, that's them saying, okay, good. That way, next time something happens, when the dog does it next year, they're not calling you back like, wait, wait, what? What happened? It's like, I didn't scratch it. Something in your house is scratching the tub. It ain't me. All right, I've, I've also received calls, and uh, I can figure out when they're lying a lot of times. So they'll, um, <laughs> it, it, the, the argument gets more extreme, so they'll, they'll be like, yeah, this is our guest bedroom. We've only used it like four or five times, and it just popped off. Yeah. Well, they dropped a heavy razor in there or something, right? It, it just doesn't pop off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, well, what are you using for products? Um, so I, I was trained with uh, Midwest, um, and the guy that trained me, just because he has 20 years' experience, doesn't mean he's been improving over those 20 years. He just, so, yeah, he's he, just been he, doing a thing for 20 years. Yeah, right? So, like, you got to have – I'll answer this in a roundabout way. Like, you got to be open to getting new information, right? So I started listening to your podcast. I'm getting nuggets from that. You know, so you can't have an ego and say, okay, I got this degree, I'm 40 years old, you know, this kid doesn't know shit. No, you know significantly more than I do as far as the, the, the industry because you guys have been in it, right? So, and there's things that you know. So, like, that entire thing you were talking about, we were talking about it when you went uh, to the back. Like, you know, you know a lot of these things from the numbers side, like how like corporate businesses work, how buying franchise. Those are things we are completely in the dark about. And so, like, that's part of the reason I do this thing. It's like I'm trying to learn from other people as much as you can. because yeah. it's a much more and, and for people to learn because a lot of people are stuck and stagnant. You know what I mean? I want I, I want to give you information. You f- get value from it. You give me information. I get value from it. And we build a really cool network of people who are ready to, to you know, that I could trust. And we can talk about these things openly, you know? Yeah. Like most of the owner operators want to be real secretive. And I'm, I'm completely open about, you know, everything, good, bad, ugly, what, what I've had success with. Uh, I started out with Midwest. Okay. Um, I saw that Topcoat was low VOC and had a training school. Yep. And I was like, bang, I can write that off as that vacation off and head down to um, Charleston. Mm-hmm. So that was super cool. So you I'm, met George? George. I can't say his last name. Picot? Picot. Picot yeah. I, I always mispronounce French. Um, George Picot. Um, and I just... I looked into that system and it was just like i i like it better um it's too expensive you think for me personally i can spray it better and get a repeatable result so i, I switched over to top coat and also the uh, 3m pps3 systems oh, yeah. and that's expensive so is that what you're using right now yeah top coat Okay, cool. So, all right. I was just making sure. So, you're using Crosslink and all of that. I'm using Crosslink. Crosslink's the shit, man. That's it's, amazing. It's the shit. Uh, if it needs it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll use their primer, but you don't have to use the primer. It's usually when the tiles, you know, or a color change sometimes. But for regular tubs, most of the time, the Crosslink is it. I have a, a tech that sprays the Crosslink on, and then he'll switch to the uh, resin primer. He likes to do it all. I'm not going to tell him no. He, that's how he wants to do it. It's cool. 
it's a little bit extra product, but it, it's for him, it's peace of mind. Yeah. So I don't mind spending more on the product. I mean, the PPS3 is expensive, but if you want to think about repeatable processes, right? Like, if you go back to, like, Amazon, like, he started at McDonald's. It's yep. all repeatable processes. With the 3M, you know, you can measure four to one to two and a half, you know, right now in the winter. And then in the summer, it's four, four to one to one, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So that's something that I, I can do repeatable. Originally, when I started it, I was taking, like, you know, the wax line Dixie cups. That, that's about... Dude, that's the that's, way I was taught. That's, that's what I about was seven <laughs> ounces. That's about seven ounces. Yeah, that shit is crazy. With the Midwest. And then, uh, you know, that's about three ounces of isotone. And then we put in 1.5 ounces of xylene. And, and you're, you're, you're going to send a technician out in the field with, with a fucking Dixie cup. Try and, like... Yeah. That's not repeatable. No, that's bad. You're yeah. right about that's that. A, that's that's really something good. that we need to we need to get a little bit better on. And I'm our, glad you brought our that SLPs. Up. Yeah, we need yeah. to. We just need to have systems in place to we, make. We sure. have them. We but just haven't really outlined them in detail. We need to polish them up particularly a bit. and have like a yeah. little handy thing that like a new tech could yeah. take with. Um, that's the next phase for my business because now I'm I'm actually hiring. I just talked to Daniel. We're hiring another guy, who. Um, has experience in the industry, mm-hmm. but lacks all of what we just talked about. Any standard operating procedure at all. It's like when he doesn't really understand what to do or how to fix certain issues or how to not have them in, in general because you're having repeatable processes. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about today, like, we have to tighten that up with him. And, and it's because he learned from the same people that taught me, mm-hmm. where we're pouring, using Dixie cups yeah. and fucking one-to-one Dixie cups. And I'm like... That's about right. Yeah, yeah. and then like a little catalyst. I'm like... And I remember when I was being taught, I was like, I feel like we're going to fuck this and up. You know what I... You, you know, you know, <laughs> I feel like we're going to fuck this You know up. what I can't handle and what I don't tolerate? Look, the Dixie cups, they're, at least with Midwest, it's one-to-one. Okay? Yeah, that's simple. Yeah. And it, if, if it's a cup is nine ounces, you know the other one's nine ounces. What I cannot tolerate is people who pour directly into the cup. Like, who skip measuring as a whole. Yeah. Oh, yeah it, that's, it, how I, that's how I was It'll work until it doesn't work. Exactly, and then what? Now you have oh. a tacky-ass finish that, that's a mess. We walked into a bathroom once. Orange like, peel. Yeah, we, we walked into a bathroom once, like, uh, maybe a year and a half ago, where the, the person didn't catalyze the material properly, and oh, no. the tub was wet for two weeks. We went over there, we tried to strip it. Bro, we tried lacquer and xylene, and it was just making, because they put four coats on it. Jesus. And it was just, we were just spreading the material. We told them, like, look, you know what? Don't even pay us. The guy was cool and gave us, like, a $300 tip for trying, and he was like, I'm just going to sue them. I was like, okay. He was, like, a rich guy, though. It was a fat bathroom. I was like, I cannot handle. Like, it was crazy. So Like, I don't need that in my life. That's how I started it, and I didn't understand, you know, it Nobody spoke with me about, you know, the xylene or acetone changes. Mm-hmm. If it's real cold, you need to warm up the chemicals. I, I, I'd be in a house and spraying a tub and getting orange peel. And yep. the guy was like, no, you, you got to come back, sand that shit down, respray it, you know. And, of course, we, it's up three stories, you know. I, yeah. I, I think also one of the getting biggest. Snowed on. One of the things about materials and not a lot of people talk about, I don't like not that I don't like it. I just don't, I don't usually talk about the technical side that much because that's, I always come at this from an angle of like, I, the business building, the entrepreneurship, that stuff is more interesting to me. But 
I will say that even the guys who are providing these um, products need to do better about training people, about training people on how to use their products, on how to troubleshoot. Um, like, it is hard to get an answer from Midwest about stuff sometimes. Like, so three people, different people will give you three different answers. And th- that is very, very annoying to me. Um, who's who's uh, uh, the owner's kid there? Ed? Eddie? Eddie. Um, it seems like... It, He's good. He picks up the phone, but when I'd call him for help, he'd be like, oh, uh, you do it your way. And I'd be like, no, no, I've been doing this two months. I yeah. have no idea what I'm doing. You know who actually has really good customer service is fucking uh, George, bro. He, he will sit down and try to figure it out with you, and I respect that. A lot of these other guys, you know, I love Midwest. I love their products. I like that they are always innovating and trying new things, but in that way, the customer service, I could see why people in those Facebook groups, sometimes they'll say that they're, that they're lacking on that front. And it's, it's the troubleshooting. Like, they'll tell you, oh, we have a whole guide of, like, troubleshooting on the website. You do. But it's like... That's correct, yeah. What if you did everything right and then it didn't come out the right way? Like, like what if none of those things apply? It, it feels like they're trying to get you off the phone. Yeah, he's stressed. When I've called him, yeah. I'm in the field, right? Uh-huh. Getting snowed on or whatever, rained on. And... Um, there's, you know, X, Y, or Z's. I'm having some type of problem. It seemed like he'd be really stressed and needs to get off the phone. So that yeah. With George, I feel like when I call him, he, he kind of... He leans into the situation. Yeah, he leans that. in. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't sound real panicked. Yeah. You know, because if you're stressing out, especially when you're, first, when you're first starting out, you're really stressed, especially when things aren't going right. I've and been there. You don't need the guy on the other side of the phone to be st- Stressed out too. Yeah, they're supposed to be the experts. <laughs> they're supposed to calm you down. Every, every conversation I've had with George, which I believe it's like maybe two or three times, he's always just cool, collected. He asks really good questions. Like I'll tell him this, you know, this is what I'm having trouble with, and he's like, "Well, what have you done? Have you done this, this, and this?" Like I respect that about him, and I, I really like appreciate that. Like he is is very good about that sort of thing. Because even though I use Midwest. If I did not live in Florida where they're like 30 minutes from me, I don't know if I would use them. Part of the reason is that stuff is very, very valuable when you have a lot of different guys, you know, like having some, having, having real support. And I'm not saying the Midwest doesn't have it. Like for me, if it's not Ed or Eddie, so like Big Ed, the, the dad, or Young Eddie, the, all the other people there are not that helpful. I'm just being real. Wow. And, 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 and usually you're hard pressed to get them. So I would usually be like, Hey, can you like all of a sudden an email with a question and have them forward it directly to Ed so I can get a good answer. Cause if I'm just talking to one of the random people in the back, dude, they, it just feels like they want to get you off the phone. Yeah. I never asked them for advice. I just figured that shit out myself. Yeah. I fucking will call other refinishers before I call a manufacturer because it's just like, exactly. They're here to sell product they're not really they don't really give a shit about i mean i, I have never even i've never purchased from top coat so i'm not sure but i've heard nothing but good things their customer service is yeah, great about top coat but my experience with midwest it's very cut and dry put my order in get the hell out of here with Mid- you know what got me to uh, top coat besides the training class is i started looking at who has repeatable systems well miracle method a lot of people bash them you know um and there's many good locations. Surely there's some bad locations, but um, I, they use top coat chemicals. So I'm like, there's probably a reason for that. If they're the largest 
franchise in the United States well, doing this. It's like anything we do, right? Like Top Coat is well branded. Well, top and it builds it builds trust. So, so George told me that I don't know. He told me that Miracle Method doesn't use Top Coat. Really? Yeah. He told me that they have a proprietary like system. Um, after one of the last podcasts I did, he but, reached out to me and told me everybody thinks that it's Top Coat and that he doesn't he doesn't know if specific franchises might. Um, but he says that as a whole, like they're not ordering like like they're not it's it's not the 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 crosslink three and it's not their top coat. I um, I literally stopped going. Th- I was in my neighborhood and there was a miracle method vein there, and I stopped and I gave my card to the guy, and I said, you know, let me know if you looking for work. Um, and the I, I looked at the containers and, and it was top van. coat. It it had the same design. Because you can, you know, when you look down on the crosslink, it had. Oh, it, I see what you're saying. So I knew you had crosslink in there. Just I didn't even open the box. What if they're just ordering directly from Sumter? Yeah, they could. They could. They could just be rebranding the, the container. Yeah. The, I mean, all these all these products are because come, come raw. Because Sumter Coatings is like the big company. Top Coat's the one that sells specific to tubs, so it might be that. Also, there's one that uses similar, uh, products. I believe it's Hawks. Hawk, Hawks. They, up they, in Chicago. They, they, they use the same kind of containers. So it could be that. But he told me that from, from his knowledge. So that was like the last time I talked to him. Um, but regardless, repeatable systems. It's very important. You, Hawks also has really good customer service from what I hear. Uh, they give like their fucking guys like a booklet. You know who used to do that? Midwest used to do that. You have it. Yeah, I still have and I've never had bad customer service from Midwest. I, I no, but no, I've me also neither. never really pushed like like I told you. I've never called them for problem resolution. It's not more. It's not. <clears throat> it's not bad customer service. It's the lack of customer service sometimes. It's That's not, what it's it not exceptional. And, and, and it's like, I get it. They're busy, and that place is always packed. And yeah, they, they're processing. Oh, they're processing yeah. a shit ton of orders. Yeah, everybody's always there, like hundred percent. And I love yeah. the people at Midwest. The office ladies are great. Everyone there is fantastic. It's the I feel like the problem is that it's more transactional. It's like, I'm here to pick up my shit and I leave. Yeah, Obviously, definitely. if you have a very, very technical question, you have to have the right person on the phone. Mm-hmm. Whereas, but I feel like that's kind of the thing where like, when you buy from Topcoat, they're like, hey, if you have an issue, call fucking George. You know who to go call. You have his direct number. Where it's like Midwest, it's like, unless you know who to talk to, you yeah. might get bad advice. I caught Ed there one time. I've caught him. I was able to like talk to him in person, and he's real helpful in person. He's really helpful, yeah. yeah. And his son is too. They're they're good guys, but that was kind of my point with that. It's like it's not that it's bad. It's just that some. But, guys, but I, I think it's a lot of like what we do, right? So like you know, people look at bathtub guys in particular now with the podcast. You know, you you've built a substantial brand and business, and I feel like Top Coat does a really good job at brand establishment and letting everyone know that we're here. We're going to lead the industry, and that's why you trust in those companies is because all these products are relatively the same, bro. Yeah. Like, you may you may have a little differentiating factors on solids or, you know, adhesion promoters or whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, if you look at the distribution chain, you have a raw manufacturer who gives you raw product. You purchase that shit, you brand it, and then it, you it depends on how you back it as a company, right? Yeah, it, it's like you said. it's It literally actually is like anything because – we brand and 
we don't just say we're the best ones, right? Everybody says that. The, the fucking crackhead doing the tubs for 250 is saying that I'm the best, right? I, it's, I call them bottom feeders. They exactly. have a Facebook page. They don't have, you know, they're certainly not doing podcasts, and they don't have a website. And what yeah. differentiates you? What garners that trust? It's, it's being active, being part of the community. It's, it's uh, you know, instilling that trust in people. And, and, and Top Coat does it well. Well, we do it with bathtub guys. So, like, obviously, me and Danny are partners. We, we have a bathtub guys division in Tampa now. And a part of the bathtub, franchise, bathtub guys franchise is we offer lifetime warranty. Mm-hmm. And so when a customer, I've had customers ask me why we offer a lifetime and no one else does. And I pretty much tell them, like, the craftsmanship is the same. If you're following standard operating procedures on application, then... What we do is we we immediately absorb we do charge the most mm-hmm. like out of, with bathtub guys are finishing we charge the most in the area um, and I tell them like we are following the same standard operating procedures for application we are just incorporating that lifetime warranty cost from the jump mm-hmm. but our brand is here to stay mm-hmm. and that's what they're buying the trust in is like yep. it's not that it will never fail we're just saying if it fails we're kind of come back and take care of it. You know what I mean? And that's that's the same thing with like Top Coat and Midwest is that Top Coat's presence is so much more predominant and it's they built trust. Yeah, and and, and part of the reason for the lifetime warranty what kind of warranty do you offer? Um five. I do two years two on years. on residential and one year. And then okay. we have a he, we have a lo- we have a logic on why we do lifetime as well. So Obviously th- this is the reason we do the lifetime warranty. In Florida especially, mm-hmm. people move like every four years, bro. It doesn't become my problem all the time. And if it does, like, this is what I always tell people. If you really call me back in 26 years, I'll fix it, bro. Like if, but, like, how many people are going to re- remember who they used in 20 years? Mm-hmm. How many people are going to live in the same place in 20 years? How many people are going to live through those 26 years? You know what's funny about it? And I haven't said this one publicly, but I'm going to say it now. The type of people who worry about how long things are going to last usually older people because they're going to sit in that house for 20 fucking years and they might not be around in 20 years. So does it fucking matter if you offer the lifetime warranty or not? Like really think about it. He's been doing the lifetime warranty thing for almost a year now. Yeah. Do you get significantly more warranty calls? I don't get a lot of warranty calls. (laughs) Does it matter? I I had a different experience with it. We can... I, mean, I, 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 get, I get them, but I, I don't feel like it's overwhelming. Yeah, it's not like you're getting. It's, a it's something calls. that I've considered as a cost of doing business. Yeah. So we're like, you're, for for every twenty tubs, we may have to go back. Mm-hmm. And so it's like our margins are now higher from the value we offer to the customer with the lifetime warranty because we are charging more mm-hmm. for sure. So like our margins have increased. So then, if I have to go back for one tub out of every twenty, we're still winning. Yeah. So what was your experience? Go ahead with that. I'm, I'm curious because, I mean, there are different markets. There are different people, t- types of people. So. so so, the latest thing that, that I read, people used to move on average every seven years, but with inflation and, and the, the, the market rate, it's now dancing around 13 years till they move. Okay. And uh, so when I bought the business, I didn't know the previous owner was running around offering lifetime warranties. And, uh, oh yeah, that fucking sucks. Because oh. <laughs> it's it was, different. Yeah, it was yeah. in the fine print, and right? you, you're not mm-hmm. controlling the quality too. Those are jobs that were before you. So mm-hmm. right. So, and I was set up. I, I, 
this may seem stupid to you guys. I know better now. You know, just a primer gun, top coat gun. Yeah. No backup. No backup turbine. I, and I'm reading the financials on it, and it says all that shit's new. So I'm thinking, okay, this is a badass Titan, you know, six-stage, five-stage, whatever it was. Um, it has three, four years in it, right? Nah, that shit blew up in three months, right? But ran out of job, or if I had a problem with the gun, it was a crisis. I have backups on everything now. Yep. Um, but there's, I was doing everything by myself at the time. This is when I was six months in, something like that. I had like, in one week, 11 warranty calls on stuff that was like five, six, seven, eight years old, some cases well, 10. You see, here's the difference though. And I'm telling you what the big difference is. That was out of your control. So you don't know, even, that, even if that guy might have had great reviews or whatever, you don't know if he was cutting corners. You don't know if he was using the best stuff. You don't know if he was using it right, if it was up to your standard. When I decided to go that route, I had already recognized how long this shit really lasts. There's a hotel called Leaky Tiki. It's written right there. But we, we do, we've done the tubs there like seven times. They're finally renovating. Um, but it was like every four years, they would do the regular tubs again. Uh, and it was just because they're, they, they uh, outsourced the cleaning and they would fuck them up. But there was rooms where we, we did these big jacuzzis. Um, there were rooms in there where jacuzzis were, they were painted seven, eight years ago and they look brand new. Really? Yeah, brand new. They look brand new. Like it looks like, and they get used. But they, like the shit does not come off. And like at that. the end of the day, in our, even in our warranty information, there's a disclaimer that we are going to make the ultimate judgment. Exactly. On whether or not you physically damaged it or it's a fault of the it, craftsmanship. It, exactly. And I'm not in the business of turning away warranties, but within reason, right? Like if you see, you know, if you see the fucking tile around the, the tub is all of fucking crumbled on the, on, the, on the floor and you see a fucking jackhammer right next to the tub and they're like, it's peeling. It's like, bro. No, I wouldn't even fix that as a courtesy, yeah. but within reason. Uh, but my whole, my whole way of thinking about it is, you know your product, you know what you can deliver. It's not a, a solution for everyone, but I will say in Florida, the, the clientele is different. You have, a, a, first of all, a shit ton of vacation rentals, a shit ton. People here, people move here, like they got a really good job promotion on the younger end, or they're retiring here. Oh, yeah, they're trying to get out of, in the villages. I just see plate after plate. It says yeah. New York on it, Massachusetts. And, and a lot of the time, believe it or not, they, this isn't even their primary residence. We get customers all the time that are like, yeah, I have a vacation house over there in the yeah, villages. Snowbirds. They, they, yeah, they come for six months and they leave. So, you, you know, you give a lifetime warranty. That's what my parents do, exactly. They're not using it every day. They're, half, half the year, year, it's not even being it touched. There. So, again, it's just... Context matters in that situation. So for us, it just makes sense. It's like a no-brainer. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big responsibility to absorb, it obviously. Is. You know, you're, you're committing to a customer for a lifetime. Um, but after we thought about it, you know, and, and we're just seeing from our experience, we're not getting a lot of failures. And to be fair, it's not always going to be a complete refinish, too. Right. Yeah. So like if you have a chip, how much time does it really take us to go sand that transition that chip? A little bit of icing. And just yep. clean it the fuck up. Make and, make the customer happy. And you know, like that's another reason why it's so important you guys get out of the field, bro. It doesn't hurt as much when you're not the fucker who has to go do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you're at a different level. By the, and um, I think we were talking about, you know, 
being a little bit slow in January. Mm-hmm. I'm not advertising right now. It's all mm-hmm. search engine optimization is all I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I, I can totally, I can control that and be on hot cylinders. But also, you, next year. as long as you're staying busy, you don't have to do it. We, we, we went from the approach of like, we're trying to conquer the market together. And in order to stand out, you need to stand the fuck out. And that lifetime warranty, the first thing it does is they're like, whoa, a lifetime warranty? Because I got this guy, he's charging $100 less for a five-year. So for $100 more, I get lifetime. I mean, it's like no-brainer. And then they're going to pick us. We're going to do it. And then if, if, if we do have a chip, like that's part of the systems and processes we're, we, we're, we put into place. We're selling, the pro- we're selling a premium product. That's the thing. We, we want people to not think about the price so much, think about the value. Mm-hmm. That's an easy way to do it because, you know, the tub might be 500. The tub and strip might be 650. The tub and tile might be 1,000. Like a lot of the times people start there and they end up over here. And now they're spending real money. And the, the customer still might not use it for super long, whatever, whatever. But even if they did, like he said, it is a responsibility. You got to go in thinking like, okay, things might happen. But they could be touched up, whatever, whatever. But the, the biggest thing is we're selling premium. What says premium more than like, we're going to cover it if some shit happens. Because realistically, we know this is refinishers. Most failures happen within the first month, bro. Like, and And... And that is the biggest thing. Most people, honestly, most people, even though they might bullshit if the job was done a week ago because they just spent the money, it still hurts, right? But in seven years, if somebody calls you and says it's, it's scratched, like you might have a lifetime warranty, but that's not covered under it anyway. So it's like, well, you ought to be 150 bucks for me to come out. It's not going to hurt as much in seven years, man. So you might do a courtesy repair next week, but if you have a two-year warranty, you're doing it anyway. Versus seven years from now, like, hey, well, that's normal wear and tear. Like, it's going to cost like 150 for me to come out. That's just what I pay my guy, whatever. You get it done. Or if they start bitching about it, look, leave me a good review and I'll go and take care of it. Now you're incentivizing something for you that's going to help the next person be like, I might hire them. That's a good way to think about it. That's I always do that. Yeah. If, if I'm going to go fix your shit, you're going to have to, you have to give me a review. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's like it's like no brainer. It's like or what? I've done that too. Yeah, like I did, or or what? And they're like, do you want it fixed? Like, cause no one else is gonna do it for free. Yep. So it's like, it's a give and take type of thing. I I I will say this to him. I said um, normally it's a seventy five dollar service service fee. I can waive that for you if you leave a review. Yep. Yeah, that's perfect because a review holds so much weight. Well, and it also tells them that you're not really in it for the money. You're in it for the fucking status. Like for brand trust, for, for brand trust, because like we're, they're not going to be the only one that calls in all this time. Right. So you're making it known like, bro, it's not even just about the money. It's like, I want my business to look good. So write me a review. I'll come back and fix it and I'll make good on for you. And that tell that, that makes them feel better too. Mm-hmm. It's not money. They're like, Oh, all they want me is to talk good about them. Well, they are coming back to fix it for free. So they actually, there's actual real, happiness behind that and fucking text 95 percent of people have common sense yep. there's always that one five percent that's just outrageous and you're like i mean that's another cost of doing business like yep. it's not always going to be fucking perfect you're going to have disagreements you're going to have pl- points where in business you feel like you know you just didn't take a, that you just sometimes you take an l man sometimes mm-hmm. this is how it goes it's cost of doing business but, and but let's be honest and this is a conversation i've had with him 
You offer a two-year warranty. And two years and one month passes by. And you tell a customer, hey, I'm gonna have, you're going to have to pay me to do it again because it's past the warranty term. You think they're just going to sit down and accept that? Or you think, well, it shouldn't be coming off. Well, if you guys would have done a good job, well, all these other, other, other companies have a longer warranty. Like, Either what, way, you look or, like shit. Or they threaten to write you a review. What are you going to do? I'm not going to do it. Exactly. That's what we realized. Because that means more to you than a fucking bad review. Yeah. We realized that early. I realized that, like, I'm always going to go do it because I don't want the fucking one-star review. And so if I'm going to do it, we might as well charge. And at the end of the day, even though it might hurt a little bit, maybe a lot sometimes, like that week that you had where everyone's just hitting you up, you get those reviews, and that's just, bro, that's like you patting down seeds for the future. Because when you become more expensive, when you need the more overhead, when you have more guys, those are going to help you get real fucking money work. And eventually, the warranty's not going to matter, bro. Like, if, you're, if you have seven guys busy for seven months, you could always just go back to five, bro. Like, once you hit a certain level of branding, it's just like, it, it's like, am I going to go with Mercedes or BMW, bro? It's up yeah, to the client. We were talking about it as like... Uh there's a certain point where, where your, your overhead is kind of maxed out, right? Yep. You, like, you don't need more shop for more techs. You just need a place where you can store your material, a couple of turbines, and a parking lot, yep. right? So like once you hit that, once you create, get into that investment, now you're just adding techs and techs and techs and techs and techs. So your, your, your numbers and, and, are growing, but your overhead, uh-huh. besides labor... And your social proof builds with this too. So I'm not trying to... I'm not saying I'm... I'm, I'm Saying like handling warranties in general it doesn't have to be the lifetime, but you're building social proof when you get these people, even though it's a thing, you have to go back. You have another chance to talk to the customer. Maybe they, they use that as an opportunity to be like, man, I'm so glad you guys came out for free. Like, can you take a look at my shower? I might want to get it done. Use that as an opportunity. You could, you could, you could use it as an opportunity for yourself to upsell. On top of that, they're writing you a review. That social proof is invaluable. You're going back, you know, the first time they might not have written it. Now they're going to write you a review and you pile up so many reviews that like you're going to get the ideal customer more often. They're going to be like, well, this person has 205 star reviews. This person has 10. Who am I going to go with? The one that has more. Like that's what I do. I've also noticed as we've grown over on my side, uh, the, the distribution of responsibility makes it easier to handle this. Yep. So like uh, when I was doing all the work, man, it felt so shitty yep. for some customer to be bitching. And you're like, I busted my fucking ass for your job. You get emotional. You get emotional it. in it. If, now, if I'm not doing the, all the work. Exactly. I'm st- you know, I'm still busy full time. It's still a full time job, even with a tech. But when I was doing the work and it, it hurt more, hot it and hurts sweaty, more. and somebody's mm-hmm. complaining about something, mm-hmm. well, that's part of the that, reason that why. Your, yeah, and it also flare. it also allows your text not to have that pressure. Mm-hmm. So, like, like one of my lead guys, Angel, like I don't put that on him. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have you weigh the entire customer's unhappiness, and we that's the distribution of responsibility. I try to t- take this. Stress away. From let the let me take that. The let me take that conversation. I'll take the the the. the, the uh, she doesn't need to have that stress when she's out spraying just a go, tub. Just go handle it. The just extra stress it. will almost make you uh, screw up more instead of motivate you. Or re- you you you. I like I noticed I started to have resentment towards customers yep. when I was in the field, and it's like you're supposed to actually love these people. These people are literally paying. They chose you. You know what I mean? And so that. That's what, for me, it's an experience I've gone through and I'm going through right now as, I've, as I'm getting further and further out of ops. 
I'm starting to realize I have a bigger threshold mm-hmm. for dealing with issues now. Oh, and, and uh, I can sell much better if I'm not doing the work. Yeah. Yep. I, I should be thankful out of, you know, there's, there's five guys around the city all doing the same thing. I should be grateful, you, you know, that they're calling Indiana resurfacing. Exactly, yeah. And it got to the point where, you know, when you're hot and sweaty and yeah. you've been going up the stairs, mm-hmm. it... I was almost resentful. So I noticed as I, I step back and I'm not doing labor all the time, my, yeah. my sales ratio is, on the phone is just going. It, it also, I book it right there on the phone. Yeah, it also allows yep. you to get more confidence. Even, even if you're not thinking about it, um, when you hear complaints and then you got to go sell, subconsciously your mind is playing fucking games with you yeah, it'll even, and, it com- and it comes out you'll start questioning your service like mm-hmm. like there was a, my first year uh, the way my story came about i don't know if you've heard in a couple podcasts but i was in the military for a while and when i got mm-hmm. out i picked up the trade and within like two weeks i went training for like a week with some some family members learned a bunch of crazy shit and like they taught me how to do it but they taught me the the fly by nighter type of way, right? And how they uh, learned to do it twenty years ago. Exactly. Right? They they were self taught and they taught me. So all I was learning was self taught tactics. Um and I got frustrated with I started to not believe in this industry. I was mm-hmm. like I was like Bro, this is bullshit. I was like, I was like, I'm offering warranties on shit I know is gonna fucking chip, shit I know is gonna peel, and I'm like, how are people doing this? And then that's when I met Danny, and we started to get into like, how are we gonna build these systems and in, in a way where like we're eliminating all variables of issues. Um, and now it's I have a re we understand there's gonna be things. Mm-hmm. It's the cost of doing business, um, but we also know like that I've proven to myself it's something that I feel like most owner operators have is the biggest challenge is that you can do this and you can have a longevity and you can offer warranties and you can maintain crews. But on our end, we have to provide and what we have to provide is jobs. But you know, what's crazy is that this whole conversation circles back to what we were talking about originally, which is that when you do everything, something suffers. So you're hearing complaints all day. And then someone else calls you. You're like upset. Yeah. And now you got to turn on the sale. It comes. It comes through. And it comes. It comes through. Which is part of the reason why I just last week when I was on vacation came back. I told my brother, "I want you to answer the phones. Like I think it'd be helpful because I'm really like, there's bro dealing with customers, and then on top of doing all the other op stuff, all the other stuff that I want to do to build the brand. It is a lot of fucking work, and it gets to be a lot." It's stressful as fuck. And when a customer, like, is... When it's your baby, right? Like, this is, this is something that we've each grown up from, like, a thing to where... It's, like, this thing that we're doing. So now it's a thing that's paying our bills and paying for our lifestyle and all these things. And when, when you know someone's lying to you, like the lady with the, with the scratches, right? It hurts so fucking much. And it's so annoying that you don't have... It's like they took... The power is... is, is is taken away from you in this situation. Like it goes through my mind. I, I, I view that she's obviously lying to me. Yeah. Obviously. And it's like, she's taking away from me, my yeah. wife, my three children. Yep. Like it and, hurts. And I've been busting my ass to try to exactly grow but this business. When you see, and, and, and like the reason that I'm like cool with him answering the phone now is like the last thing I need to hear in a day is now that like a complaint 
so hard. It's way harder to turn on the sale after you had a complaint. After you have a, the shitty day I had where before I got here today, I got into a fucking car accident. Like, it's so hard to, to disconnect that stuff, especially when you grew the thing from when it was like nothing. And now it's something and you know how good you are, your guys are, and you know that they would never just not, like do a shitty job on purpose. It's like, it's almost like it's questioning your intelligence and you're just like, you can't just tell them to fuck off even though you really want to. Yeah, because, you know, like the cus- the consumer, they have, what is their one uh, point of leverage? It's the review. It really is. That's it. You know, and you're trying to protect your reputation. Mm-hmm. So my biggest thing is, is, is emotion regulation. Like I've had to learn to control my emotions. I've, so- I've learned that I can't control my emotions that much. So I have to delegate it. Now that like, I, I think I got to the level where I was, <laughs> he's heard me talk to clients. <laughs> yeah, he can. Yeah. And, and everyone my, like my partner, he's like that as well. My, like, you know, my father, he, he's, he's not, he doesn't regulate his emotions as well as I do. He, mm-hmm. If you piss him off, he's going to get upset. Um, and so that's why I'm not going to have him do the uh, conflict resolution. Side yeah. Do things. the sales you know, side. You, you play your strengths. I, I have a little bit more patience when it comes to that. But, you know, at the same time, it did help when I stopped busting my fucking ass in the field because that was a lot, bro. Mm-hmm. Answering that phone and, and your head would get high. Yeah, you get it? fucking pissed. Like, and, then, and then you're thinking about it so much and then you're like, I can't fuck this one up. Yeah. And then you're overthinking it and then you fuck it up again. And yeah. now it's like a thing, bro. It's yeah. like you start, you start, like you said, questioning your ability, questioning is this business even worth it? It's all things that go away when you have people. Cause you just tell them like and, and you, a tech here is like, all you got to do is a tub and then a touch and up. We and know they're chilling. We know every refinisher's feeling this shit. We bro. know. Yeah. Every, we've all been there, which is why like, you got to get out of it. <laughs> it's the only way. Cause it really is. It really is. You, you have two options. You stay doing that shit yourself forever. And you literally manage every single project from start to finish. And you just, that's the only way to maintain absolute control of quality or you absorb some risk, send some people out Increase your margins so that way you can compensate for the failures and keep it moving. And you, if you're if you're in this fucking game thinking that there's this like end result, you're gonna you're fucked because yeah. this is like a a never ending. Like you're hustling, you're hustling, mm-hmm. and maybe one day you could sell out at that three x mark, yep. right? Yes. Maybe, maybe. And it you the 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 level of of endurance you need to have if you're gonna make it is is to me is, is astronomical. And I, I think as all people who have owned businesses here in this table, we could agree that like common sense doesn't exist with the customers. No, yeah. With, with the customers. employers. Both. With Both yeah. So yeah, Florida man, I called him before I came mm-hmm. down here and uh, Florida man is the guy that, that was uh, applying for a job mm-hmm. and he said he won $50 an hour because I'm worth what I'm worth. Not even plumbers get paid that much, bro. Certified plumbers. And now, I don't know. Maybe we could work something out, but um, that seemed like unrealistic as expectations. Fifty dollars, bro. Hour. You know what I would tell him? I'd be like, "I'll start you at twenty-five, and that's it. That's all I would do. That's all I would fucking do." But it doesn't make sense at fifty. Three month, three, three month uh, probationary period. You're going to pay fifteen. You'll get paid at twenty-five, and if if you do, it, like, here's the thing. What if that's you take just, six hours on a tub? That's just not worth it, though. It, 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 at 50 I'm saying it's not worth it I'm That's saying, what I'm saying I would offer him They're, 25 I like, But he has to do A three month probation I like Danny's model From Alliance How he sh- How yeah. he does it That yeah. shit just makes It just It, it puts so much accountability On, on the, the tech. tech Yeah and, Bro And, and, no and one's it paid. incentivizes them To make more money too Because they have a, an option to Nobody ever has paid A refinish for 50 bucks an hour I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm saying like I would say like 
I would say you're going to get paid 25. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying like pay him 50 later. I'm saying like, like I don't even pay myself that much. Yeah, right? no, fuck because that. I got to keep money in the coffers and exactly. Yeah. Uh, some of the bigger companies that I work for, or you tell them, Hey, I'll pay you 50 bucks an hour. You supply everything, including a that, vehicle. That tells me right there that Florida man does not even understand the cost of lead acquisition, overhead risk. I think we should, I think we should get into that on the next one. This one's 47 minutes, but <laughs> bro, there's, there's a lot of shit to talk about with that. Do it. Let's go ahead and end this one and we'll start up another one. Later, guys. You've been listening to the Bathtub Refinishing Podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to keep up with the Bathtub Guys on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Or visit bathtubguys.com for more. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, so a tub would cost you 100